Hi guys, welcome to a new episode. Today I'm going to be speaking about how I started with social media and why I started doing it. I know I've been gone for a couple of weeks. That is due to the fact that I was severely unmotivated from school and I just wasn't in the grind of things, but now I am back. I'm going to strive to be better. I am recovering from a bunch of birthday celebrations because I am Trina Vega from Victorious. I live I love to have a birthday week slash birthday month. It's a full-time a celebration. This year has by far, my 20th birthday has by far been the best birthday I've ever had. And I wouldn't even think that's possible because for the past couple of birthdays, I've low-key actually just like I haven't liked my birthday. For some reason, I felt like I wasn't older. I wasn't happy with just what I was, I don't know. But this year totally was killer. And everyone's wondering, Ariana, if this is what you did for your 20th, what the hell are you going to do for your 21st? Like half of my, half the people that I know thought I was turning 21 because it's just the way I partied, if you know what I'm saying. Anyways, so how I started with social media. So it was at the time that YouTube came out and I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos and a bunch of girls like me that were definitely older, I would say 14, 15, 16 years old were posting on the internet and I kind of, not kind of, I really wanted to be like them. I would make videos just like them on my camera roll and do them for fun and then watch them back. You can't call me a narcissist because that was just not it. I mean, it seemed like it, but like maybe it was, I don't know. I just loved recording myself. Okay, maybe that is, I don't know. But I just loved filming myself. And like, it's it's not just about myself. I loved showing things. I loved influencing before influencing was even a thing. I would tell you to buy things and get things. And like, I had, a, I had an obsession with like EOS lip balms. I had an obsession with like makeup, with Apple products. Like at that age, at nine years old, I think I had more Apple products than the average person. Like I had iPod shovels, iPod shuffles, iPod touches, um, this, this, this keyboard from, from Mac. I had, I had an iPad. I had everything and more and it was addicting. So I started getting into recording myself and using different editors. I would literally go on YouTube to search up how to edit or whatever. And I had a iPad and I would use like these free editing softwares to edit my videos that were not produced or recorded well at all, but they were good for that age. And I started filming myself and it basically became something I would do every single day. I would basically plan what I would say and do in videos. I had a sax channel for a while, actually. If you don't know what that is, it's like a channel where you have a bunch of different girls. I would say supposedly like seven girls on a channel and each day of the week, each girl has a designated day to post a video. And I gathered a bunch of girls that I knew and we tried to do that. So like every week, I, I don't know what day, maybe I had Monday or something. I would post on the Saks channel and each week there would be a new theme. So like um, one week when we first started was like five facts about me and the next one was like how to do gymnastics or how to do gymnastics tricks or what's my favorite books to read, what's my favorite movie. So like each week would be a different thing and I just felt like I had that drive in me to produce content, to make videos, to create entertainment. Not that I was like this big entertainment drama I mean I was dramatic back in like I still am a drama queen I'll say I'm like that but I mean 
nothing's really ch nothing really changes does it but no on a serious note i just i had something in front of the camera like something shined really really bright when i came in the camera i don't know what it was but it just felt very natural to me and i was always the type of kid where i'd get bored of things really really quickly and for some reason shockingly and surprisingly enough youtube and filming videos was never that and i always felt like there was something new to create something new to make something new to say and that's what I think would strive me from never stopping because there was always something new to talk about. Nothing was boring. Did it get hard sometimes? Did it get challenging? Because you're dealing with more and more competition as YouTube becomes more well-known and, and there's more people on the internet. Absolutely. Was I envious and jealous of people on the internet that were my age actually making it far in the YouTube world? Absolutely. I was stuck at like zero subscribers for like months on end until I got my first follower and then I got my first 10 subscribers and then I went up to 100 I remember when I found when I got 100 subscribers I nearly shat myself I was like oh my god like 100 people like I'm famous basically like that's what I thought in my head like I'm famous I think I actually still have the reaction video up to when I hit a 100 subscribers and it was it was such a good feeling because like at that age 9 or 10 years old when you when you make that type of mark in your life you're kind of like wow like people really do like watching me or just like what I'm posting. So I was in elementary school at this time and then I started to move from elementary school to middle school. And from that point, my YouTube channel in elementary school was very hush-hush because who knew about it knew about it. But other than that, like it wasn't something to brag about because I wasn't the coolest kid in elementary school. And I felt like looking back, I definitely was made fun of a lot. And this is not from like a pity aspect. I just like, I was definitely that annoying kid. Now, now that I'm, like, I was definitely very, very annoying and, like, a pick-me girl, but, like, not in the way you would ever want to be. Coming into middle school, I was very, very hush-hush about it because I didn't want to have this preconceived notion about myself, oh, this girl is a YouTube channel. At this point in time, I do remember, I had 300, subs 300 subscribers coming into a new middle school with new people in a new town. And I became best friends with this girl named Danielle that I'm still literally best friends with till this day. And... I had this guy that I actually had a crush on and we dated for like 0.2 seconds. It was like a couple of months or whatever. I don't know. His name was Joey. Still talk to him to this day. He's a great guy. Um, but I, I, will, I will have to say, I don't think I could look back at my YouTube career and YouTube experience without looking at this kid, Joey. And like, he'll never be hearing this or watch or listening to this because that's just not Joey. But he is the reason why I think a lot of things set off for me because... This kid, Joey, is the loudest person I probably have ever met in my life. He loves making it known that he's in the room. Love the kid to death. So he started mentioning, I don't know why I mentioned to him in the first place. Okay, now I know why. I liked him at that time, so I wanted to impress him and say, like, ah, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Like, I have 300 subscribers. Like, oh, you have a YouTube channel? No way. What are you? Okay, then... At that time and age, I didn't, my name on YouTube wasn't my name now, Ariana Da Silva. It was XX Swag Unicorn XX. Now, that is the most iconic name throughout my whole career, I will say. That name, XX Swag Unicorn, literally was the evolving thing of my career. Like, I can't, I can't, like, everyone who knows me knows that XX Swag Unicorn is the girl. Like, I don't know how to explain it. So, when I told Joey my name or whatever, he told the whole middle school that I had a YouTube channel. And I don't know how this kid had connections, but he went all the way up to like the eighth grade to let people know that I had a YouTube channel. 
and people literally started following. The next couple of weeks, I had 400 followers, and then it would go up and up and up. By, like, end of sixth grade, I definitely had over, well over, like, a thousand followers, and I can't look at it and be like, he didn't help me get there, and it really is the people that you know, your connections and stuff like that, and I, I didn't have that little crush on that kid, and I didn't tell him about my YouTube channel. I don't think I'd ever even really make it as big, because he really put a face to the name, and a name to the face, and helped me feel like what I did on my free time, and my passion, and my hobby, wasn't something to be ashamed of, and I will hold that dear to my heart, because he doesn't know how much he actually means to me for doing that, because I felt like I had a purpose, and it wasn't something to be ashamed about. Sure, did I get bullied and made fun of? Absolutely, that's just what that's just what happens when you get into social media. But like at that young of an age, when I was like eleven or twelve and stuff like that, getting into like YouTube, it was crazy to think about. Like people actually cared and liked my stuff. So by seventh grade, I met Jacob Sartorius, which was like a musically star. Was it's basically like a lip syncing app. And I was obsessed with this guy, and I started making reaction videos to his music videos, and those really helped my channel skyrocket. I have a very dramatic personality, and when you put a dramatic personality with a rock star, I can't even consider him a rock star, just like a, like a hot commodity, which he wasn't even hot, I can't even say that, like just like somebody very well known into a room, you're up for disaster. So every single video that Jacob Sartorius made, or music video, I would literally be the first one to watch it, to review it, to like it, to comment, to subscribe. I was obsessed with this kid. And I would make reaction videos. And then when I found out he was going out and doing a meet and greet, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm doing that. So begged my parents to get me meet and greet tickets. I took my good friend at the time to go and meet Jacob Sartorius. I made my dad drive me all the way to the mall, which was super far from my house. And I'm like, dad, like, we just have to. Like, we, there's no, there's no way we're not doing this. My dad rolled his eyes and shook his head the whole time that we were going to this thing. Because he's like, who is this guy? What, rele what relevancy does he actually have to, like, our country or to our, or to our life? And why are you so obsessed with him? But me being the crazy fan chick that I was and a drama queen, I just had to meet this guy. And I was still vlogging at the time. So what did I do? I brought my vlogging camera and I said, let's make a whole experience out of this. Let me have something that I can look back on. Okay? Okay. So I make this video. I don't remember editing it. I don't remember even posting it. All I remember is making the thumbnail. And that thumbnail is engraved into my brain till the end of the day. If you search up on the internet, meeting Jacob Sartorius, Ariana De Silva, there will be a big ass picture of me and that guy on the screen. And that video went viral for its time I'm not gonna say over a million a million views but for that time and the way that I was growing as a as a youtuber did that video blow up oh my god I've never seen a youtube algorithm work that well in my life my videos I posted that video I was getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of views in seconds and it was the craziest experience like you don't look at like a subscriber count or like a like count and look at like those are actually people behind a screen like those numbers represent people and I couldn't actually fathom that but who did I have by my side saying like look at these numbers grow Joey 
I had Spanish class with the guy, with the guy Joey that told everybody about my channel and he would sit there, look at my subscriber count and be there for me and be like, Ariana, you got to monetize your videos now. You got to put money behind all of this. You're going to make money. You got to do it. And I'm like, nah, Joey, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I can't do that. Okay, maybe, whatever. And he was right all along. I didn't start that early monetizing my videos. But if I did from that video, I could have made a lot of money from that video. And I did not at all because it got copyrighted after, like, two years. But he was so smart but so young at the same time to know everything that I needed. And I didn't listen to him because at that time, you would have looked at me like, who would, like, why would I listen to him? But... No, seriously, on a, on a real note, he was really smart about the way he went about things. And I wish I listened to him and actually went along with it. But I was, I felt so supported and people thought it was so cool that I was getting so many views from it. Did people come into school and make fun of me? Like, why are you so gung-ho and hooked up on this kid? Absolutely. I wouldn't wash my freaking right cheek for fuck's sake because this guy kissed, Jacob Sartorius kissed my cheek and I couldn't fathom to wash my cheek. I started getting pimples on my cheek because I didn't wash my cheek and because he also kissed a thousand other girls that day and I still didn't wash my cheek and people would try to touch my cheek to 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 bother me and piss me off like no no don't touch my cheek I, like looking back like there was I probably had to go to a therapist like that that day the day that I met him because I was never the same again um but if Justin Bieber the, did that to, did that to me today I'd probably act the same way like nobody would be able to touch me I'd probably die that day so I could bury in the grave with Justin Bieber's kiss on me anyways um on a real note well we're on a real note uh yeah that's what happened so that video really really did help my channel grow and I you I was getting thousands of followers a second like not a second like minutes hours go by and I would keep a journal and I would do a subscriber and view count and like count every single day and it was like the numbers were tripling like literally tripling for like weeks on end these this video was going up going up and there was a point in time where rice gums video with Jacob Sartorius and my video were like back to back from each other so Rice Gums video was actually helping out my video get views because like it was like recommended for like the next video. So a lot of things were in my favor and I'm really, really grateful for that because it really did help get my views going. So I'm actually going through my channel right now and I'm going to look back at the video that I made that helped me blow up and the type of videos that I did after that Jacob Sartorius video blew up because I'm trying to see... So I, I was going good for a while with videos. I was doing really well. And I knew what needed to happen, which was making more reaction videos because that kind of spawned from that. I'm trying to find it. Okay, so I met Jacob Sartorius six years ago. It has over 730,000 views. And after that, I made a reaction video to his official music video named Sweatshirt that had 50,000 views. And I would do vlogs that summer. I would do more reaction videos, makeup videos, Instagram hacks. I was doing everything at the time that you would need to, that you would need to do. So I kind of, I wouldn't say I was original with my content. I looked at what everybody else was doing and put my own spin on it. But honestly, with reaction videos, there's no way that you don't have your own spin to it because it's your own reaction. You're going to react the way that you want to react. But because I was a teenage girl obsessed with boys at the time, that was going to get views. By the time I went through high, 
to high school, I was like, okay, it's time to grow up and it's time to make a new name for myself since I'm going to be in high school with new new people. So I changed my name, my username at the time, Unicorn, to my, my name, Ariana Da Silva. And I was scared because a lot of people who knew me back in the day knew me as that username. So I was like, okay, so am I going to risk changing my username so I don't go into high school and people ask me like who am I or what do I do or whatever and they look me up and they ask me oh what do I look up to find you and I say unicorn. I, I, I wanted to look mature so I was like alright so I'm going to risk my identity now so I don't look like a 12 year old still in high school or act like one and I'm also going to risk people finding me on the internet I went to high school, I did more videos, and I started changing my video type to videos that would better suit me. So I would do, I would still do reaction videos, but I would do a little bit less of that. And I would do vlogs, a lot of vlogs. I would do pranks, I would do productive productivity videos, I would do skits. I would do a lot of high school rants because I really hated high school in freshman year, which will be a totally different podcast episode. And I would do a lot of videos talking about that. And then I would just do whatever I could when I could because I was really busy in high school and I was really busy mentally. So it was hard to like maintain YouTube and do school at the same time. And I did a lot of videos my sophomore year because I was in a really good place in mentally. And then came junior year, which was COVID. And then during COVID, I tried to do videos, but they were all literally quarantine, quarantine. I did a bunch of quarantine videos and then came senior year of high school. I posted a couple of videos from there and then comes college. And I felt like looking back when I was young, looking at a bunch of girls moving into college, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't wait to make college videos, me moving in, buying my stuff. Like that was such a like a, cool like little thing so like doing YouTube there's different milestones that you take and one of them was being able to look back on memories because I have such a bad memory now that like I need videos to help me remember what happens in life so it's really cool to do that and also what I'm doing like for YouTube actually helped me realize what I wanted to do as a career. So I took a step back and I'm like, is YouTube what I want to do just for a hobby or is it something or a concoction of something that I can turn into a career? So when I was looking into colleges, I was like, what do I want to major in? Because I'm not the type of, I wasn't the type of person to like go into a school undecided. Like I needed to know what I would do. That's just my anxiety in me. So I needed to do, I needed to know what I wanted to do. And I started looking at majors and somehow television and film just sparked something in me. I'm like, okay, that has somewhat to do with what I want to do. I know how to edit. I've been editing since I was like nine years old. I've been filming videos since I was nine years old. I've been able to create content since I was nine years old. So let's give this a shot. So I applied to a bunch of colleges. I've applied to Pace University, Kane, Rowan, Montclair State University, Hofstra, and I don't FDU which is Fairleigh Dickinson University and a lot of them for the most part were good in the film department but Montclair State was what stood out to me because a lot of people said it was a really good school for like communications so I applied to be in the film and television BFA which is like a bachelor in fine arts which is like a high it's a more fast faster paced like curriculum and stuff like that so 
when I did that, I learned that I didn't just have to apply to Montclair since I wanted to be in the arts program and like be in film and TV. I needed to literally uh, put a portfolio together with like a resume and like a bunch of my work. And at that time, I didn't really have that much work. Um, I don't think like looking at a film and TV, st- film and TV standpoint, people don't look at YouTube videos as like a wow, like that that doesn't compare to like film and TV. Like YouTube is very much like not you can't really say like oh wow like youtube is just like film and tv like people who understand it understand it but like i'm like it's like the walmart version of film and television i guess you could say it's a lot less professional i'll put it like that so i couldn't put my youtube videos as a portfolio just because they have numbers on them um just because i succeeded in that aspect so I had to make my own content. So I made like a short film about this girl that was really, really anxious and she had a bunch of like problems with friends and stuff like that. I don't really remember exactly what it was about, but I know I have the video somewhere. But it starred my best friend, Emmy, and she played this girl who was really, really mentally distressed. And I don't remember a lot about it, but I know I had to put other stuff into my portfolio, but since I just told you that I don't have a really good memory, I can't really put it together. But yeah, so that's what I put in. And then I'm in college now doing film and television. And I can't imagine being in a different major. I just like know that this is for me and what I want to do. I'm still figuring out exactly what I want to do in this major. Like if I want to be in the pre-production side, production or post-production, or if I don't want to really be in film and I want to be in something else. I just spoke to my, um, the music teacher from my middle school who I was in a lot of theater plays and he actually has been there for me from the beginning with like what I want to do and he's very supportive about me going into like film and television because like he is kind of in the works with that and he asked me the other day like what I wanted to do and I was like I'm really, I really don't know, like I'm kind of stuck, I don't know if I want to do film anymore And he's like, well, why is that? I'm like, I don't know. I made my own short film and it really, really did took a toll on me. Like, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as I did, even though the like the short film meant a lot to me. I didn't enjoy the process of it. And he's like, so you're going to like let a little short film that you did for a grade for a class determine if you're going to do film or not. And that was kind of like, okay, like you're right. Like, why do I have to determine if film is good for me or not just out of one short film but then I also look at like the grand scheme of things of like the classes that I take and what pertains to film and it just doesn't seem like it's exactly what I want to do and I know in every single job that people get or I like criteria or whatever they get they're not going to be like a big fan of but so I think television is definitely more up my alley I might want to get into news doing broadcasting for like sports and stuff I'm really trying to figure that out but it just goes to show how a little nine-year-old with an iPad with the YouTube app could determine that she's going to be doing something way bigger than that in 10 years from now so it just goes to show you that if you are watching and you have a if you have a kid or if you have somebody who is around the age that I started making videos or There's just a kid out there that you know has a passion of some sort that might seem like it's kind of bogus right now. Just let it out. Like, wait it out. Because it might actually become something that that kid really, really enjoys and can make a life out of. And 
see somebody you love and that you know that is working towards something that they haven't put down yet, keep keep aware, like keep keep an eye on that because it's it's easy for a lot of people to get sick of things and want to move on to the next. And if somebody's holding on to that thing, there's cl- there's clearly a reason and, and a purpose behind it. And I think that's what struck with me that I didn't let go making videos. That I, there was just always something about it that I that I held on to for years on end. So if there's somebody that you know that is that is doing a hobby of some sort that you look at them and you're like, huh, like they really shine through when they're when they're doing that sort of something and they're not letting it go. And it's been four years now. It's been five years now and they're still not letting it go. Maybe it's something more than just a hobby. Maybe it can be a career, a life, um, a style of life and stuff like that. So it's, it's very interesting that it doesn't have to be the whole formulated like, oh, I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. Like in the arts, in the arts area and, and being something where you, t- where you have a creative output on life. It's like you can still make a job out of something that isn't the whole nine yards of like business administration, accounting, all those stuff, which is all great. But I'm just saying for people who don't really know what their niche is yet and they and they have a creative outlook on life that they should definitely pursue it because you never know what can come out of a little hobby of yours. So that is all for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If there's any recommendations that people have or any comments, there's always a there's always a possibility where you can leave a comment down below. I really don't know what. Um, what you're listening this on but there's always a way to reach out I have a bunch of social media accounts that you guys can reach me on you can just search up Ariana Da Silva and you can message me on there so thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys in my next episode tune in every week for a new episode with Ariana Da Silva called hang on what 